Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. The podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health and find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris Deck and I'm one of your hosts. I'm here with Jim and with Alberto as always. And we've got an exciting episode in front of us for you today. We always try to bring on really interesting folks that are, are, are around us and today's no uh, different. Today we have Mike Gorman and we're going to hear a lot more about him and his story as we go on. But before we do, let's go ahead and say hi and see what's going on. Jim, what's going on in your world? Um, not, uh, nothing too wild and crazy. Um, other than I had an experience that I was going to share here today from a breakfast event, uh, that I attended last week. And, you know, with this keto way of eating, we always talk about, um, there, there's always options out there. If there are certain things that you like or enjoy, you know, there's the, there's the regular type thing, but then you, it could be modified in a uh, keto way of eating. And, uh, so was that at this breakfast event and it was very low key. Um, but there were three trays of donuts, um, coffee, there was a fruit tray and cheese sticks. And as I stood there and was looking at everything, like, okay, well, I can grab a cheese stick and that's going to be okay. And coffee. And it's one of, it, it just kind of reminded me that no matter where you go, you sometimes have to plan ahead so that you are prepared if you're going to a work event or something like that and there may not be quite what you need. Take an extra five minutes before you go to bed the night before or in the morning of whatever and grab a couple things. There's always you know things that you can buy that you can throw into a briefcase, backpack, whatever, and have them um, as needed. And so that was my realization of I probably should have planned a little bit better ahead for this event last week. But other Otherwise, life is good. When in doubt, fast it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that works too, sir. That totally works too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my life's been pretty, uh, pretty uh, standard. Um, just lots of work, uh, lots of working out. Uh, we've gone through a week of the five by five that Alberto has put together for me and him, and uh, my limbs haven't fallen off yet. Um, I, I emphasize week yet because uh, they they <laughs> almost did. Uh, those that those shoulder workouts were uh, were pretty killer. It's been a pleasure following your story, by the way. You guys <laughs> up every weekday and doing your thing it's uh it's been interesting to watch the little video snippets and see how you guys do yeah yeah i have to whine a little bit because otherwise you know it, it, it's not worth it i guess <laughs> <laughs> well i've seen no so, fist fight or anything with it so obviously you're getting no, doing okay. yeah we're getting we're getting along good i just am cussing them the whole time <laughs> mainly to myself <laughs> Sure. Yes. He does yes. a great job of suffering in silence. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> and pretty I ain't gonna much. lie. Like, there's sometimes where I'm like, 
I'm just going to throw some random third so he can be like, nah, we ain't doing that. And then we end up doing stupid stuff like rowing for a half hour or, or battle oh, ropes yeah. for five minutes after a full shoulder <laughs> workout. And I'm like, eh, I, I guess we're going to do this. So I get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a redhead. I'm stubborn enough that I just, I'm not going to quote, give up uh, quite that easy. And so I, I'm, I'm trying to exercise that level of do not quit that I've uh, seen it in Alberto. And so, Alberto, you had some things going on this week. couple. Uh, decided to run a 5K because I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, not at all. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, obvious, the, obvious, <laughs> the obvious question about this was, did you, did you train for it? And I can say, no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I bought a pair of shoes for it that I never put on. <laughs> And I got to the point where I was like, well, I'm not going to, I either, not that, you know, a 5k should really be anything to stress about, but I was like, I'll just wear the shoes that I would normally wear to the gym. Cause I know they're comfortable. They fit my feet well, and we'll just go with that. So that's what we ended up doing. But uh, it was sort of around mid April. We had a, a member in the men's club, uh, Jason, a just post about, Hey, he's going to run his first 5k and he's going to do it pushing a stroller. And we just didn't sound like he was going to sweat it. Like, he was just going to go for it and kind of see what happens. So I was like, you know what? I found that a little bit inspiring. I'm like, I'm going to find myself a 5K. And I was just poking around. And sure enough, there's the annual Pflugerville Deutschenfest that happened over the weekend. And part of it's a fun run, a 5K fun run. So uh, fun run was Sunday morning. So on Friday night, right before I went to bed, I just said, screw it, registered for it. And uh, it was a half mile from my house. So there's really no sense in driving there. So actually, Sunday morning, woke up. Well, first of all, let me go back one. We had an absolutely brutal leg day on Thursday that I was still feeling on Saturday. Saturday, we had an absolutely brutal shoulder and arms routine. So Saturday night, I maybe got four hours of broken sleep due to a fussy little baby. Uh, he was actually being so fussy that I completely blew past dinner, didn't even realize what time it was. So the last meal I had was Saturday at lunch. And then right before bed, I just literally took a handful of almonds, ate those, and just tried to get some sleep. Roughly four hours of broken sleep. I ended up meeting Chris at the gym Sunday morning, and he basically just kind of foam rolled around and mm -hmm. stretched for a while. Got home, uh, parked the truck, said hi to the wife and kids, grabbed a water bottle, dumped some salt in it, and walked right down the road and signed up for this 5K. And, and that was it, man. It was off to the races. It was, uh, it was, it was an interesting experience. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Chris. I mean, like you said, he just, uh, in, in his mind, he just shows up and we work out together, but he's, he's doing a lot to keep me accountable. And, and given the night I had, I, I was ready to just walk over there, grab my free t-shirt and just bail on the whole event and just say, screw it. But uh, he was like, no, nah, we'll go to the gym. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll do some foam rolling. We'll do some stretching. And I was just like, yeah, I think I sent him a text message. Like I have a love hate relationship with your attitude right now. <laughs> but we went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, we it's very uh, it, 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 the feeling is mutual sometimes. Just you know, to be real. <laughs> so how was so your, how there. was your time on the five k? It, it wasn't bad. I mean, in hindsight, I did it. I did it. And sure, first of all, it was slightly over a five k, so I had to kind of like recalculate everything to to find out what my true five k time was. Uh, but it was uh -huh. right around twenty six minutes, which which uh, according to everyone is pretty good considering I I, I yeah. never do cardio and that is approximately a hundred percent of the running I've done this year <laughs> was that uh, was was done that five k. <laughs> but uh, it's just like we were talking about mindset a little earlier and and I realized something because like the last stretch is a straight line mildly uphill, so arguably the hardest part. But it's about a, about a quarter mile, and you know this, the whole time I was going through this, I was 
mind you, I had, you know, I decided to sign up Friday night and did this on Sunday. So it wasn't like the whole time was, it was an elaborate amount of time, but I was, I was focused on surviving. Like I'll just survive it. If I run it, I run it. Worst case scenario, I can walk it in an hour. I'll just survive it. I'll just survive it. And then, uh, you know, I got my stride, started jogging and I, and I got to that, that last bend. And as soon as I saw that finish line, everything clicked. And the mistake I made looking back was my mindset throughout the whole process was just to survive the 5k not to conquer the 5k because as soon as I saw the finish line and I had an end goal in sight the last quarter mile I literally sprinted about as fast as my legs could carry me straight down that past about 50 people at the very last minute and then just and sprinted right past the finish line it it was because because at that moment the end was there I didn't focus on the end I focused on suffering the entire 5k so so it was I was never really committed to it you know, it, it was kind of like, eh, I'll just do it just to do it. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. You know, about a mile in, my legs are on fire from, from the, the leg day we had. And, you know, about two miles in, I couldn't feel my legs anymore. So that problem went away. <laughs> so so, so it, was, it was interesting. And, and you know, and, I, and looking back, I, I did learn that, you know, when you're going to approach something like this, even, even if you're not going to anything you're going to take too seriously, you know, at least take a minute, take two minutes to, to kind of kind of stop. And and get your mind right before you start. You know, I, I was so focused on the fact that the three miles was gonna suck. Never once until the very end did it dawn on me that if I just focused on, hey, you're gonna get through it, but let's worry about the end, not the during. And I, I probably could have even done gone better. So so now as my own personal n equals one, now I'm compelled to run begrudgingly run another 5k knowing well I can finish it, knowing well I can make it past the finish line and see how much time I can shave off of that 26 minutes. <laughs> Excellent job, man. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, like I said, mindset goes a long way. And, it, and it, that brings us to our current guest. Uh, we're talking about mindset because our, our current guest, uh, who has probably the best transformation photos I've ever seen and and probably has the best single line in any post I've ever seen. And I quote, the gun cocks when some of us open that fridge. This man has lost 300 pounds in his journey, is not shy about sharing it, and probably has some of the best transformation picks I've ever seen. Very insightful. Absolutely not a stranger to podcasts at all. But I I am super stoked to talk to you, Mike. I mean, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate that introduction. Thank you. I appreciate that. Glad to be here with you guys. So we, we always like to start out with the simple, the, 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 the basic. Who are you? Where do you come from? Where do you live? Give us some of the, the, the background behind who Mike is. Sure, sure. Uh, well, I'm, I, I live in Rhode Island. I live in Providence, um, very, the, the smallest state out there. Um, not a not a large keto population out here, but you know some of us are stronger than others. Um, but I I during the day I, I work in marketing at a construction company, a kind of a job I fell into. I have no training in marketing. I have no degree. Uh, I started as the office manager uh, for this mid-sized company, and they wanted to make move the marketing in house, and decided they wanted me to do it. So I've been getting a lot of on the job training the past couple of years. At night, I also um, host trivia a couple nights a week at a couple of different bars been doing that for like seven or eight years um so i keep myself busy day and night and 
Um, like you were saying, I've been on this, I've been on this journey. I've, I, I'm now, I am now down 300 pounds from my heaviest weight ever again. Um, I say again, because I've done it before. Um, so I've, I definitely know kind of the ups and downs that, that you can go through on these journeys very intimately. Um, how old are but, you, Mike? You didn't mention uh, how old are you? Oh, I didn't. Uh, I'm, I recently, uh, just about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, turned 46, 46. Okay. Uh, Great. So, yeah. And uh, I worked for a long, long time in higher education, specifically in the residence halls. I was a, a, a dorm director for, for a long, long time at a couple different places and kind of segued out of that right around the time the economy collapsed. And it was an industry that's hard to get back into. So I had to move elsewhere and, you know, kind of keep myself going. So I've 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 lived in a couple different places around the country, but Rhode Island is where I was born and raised and where I came back to eventually. Very cool. So let's let's go to that first weight loss and then sure. obviously some gain and, and things like that. Tell us about what that experience was, what you did to to lose the weight, kind of what it was like then. And then we'll kind of we'll con contrast that to what uh, keto has done for you at this point. Sure, definitely, definitely. Well, like I said, I, I was I was big my whole life, uh, very heavy my whole life. I I crossed 350 pounds at 16, uh, lost weight, regained weight, kept growing throughout college, graduated. And once I, f I fell into that, you know, live on my own life and have my own money and buy my own food life, um, things just went up and up from there. Um, a couple of stints of, of short, quick weight loss that nothing ever, ever stuck. And I was over 500 pounds for probably five or six years. Um, my heaviest weight that I know of, uh, because I, I didn't weigh myself that often, uh, was 540 pounds. Um, and I, it was around 2011, 2012 that I realized I needed to do something. I knew I was, I mean, I, I mean, let's be realistic at 540 pounds, you're not doing much in life. I was not, you know, I was doing a little bit less than existing at that point. And, um, for some reason, I, I, and I honestly don't, I don't feel like I had an aha moment back then. I think it was just, everything was, was building. Um, I had a lot of physical challenges. I was terrified of doctors because you know what they're going to tell you when you're that big. So I, I thought I could kind of self-treat and, I, I dove into um, really into I had I had a couple of kind of low carb stints doing some trendy low carb diets, but I dove heavily into paleo at that point. I was doing the whole 30s and um, doing kind of a lower carb paleo, still eating some sweet potato and things along those lines and not really counting or tracking or anything along those lines. And it when you're that big, it's not hard to lose weight doing almost any eating plan. And by 20, the beginning of 2013, I had gotten down to uh, 210 pounds by May of 2013. And that was the goal I had set for myself. Um, and and I proved that I, because one of the things I, I look back on now, I realized I, I didn't work, we, you, you guys are talking about mindset earlier. I didn't work on my mindset at all. I, I kind of just had this idea, almost like you were you were talking about, Alberto, with the race, like I was going to get through the race, but hadn't really thought of what happened when I finished. And I hit that finish line and completely screwed up, completely went off the rails. I went on a vacation that, that year was my 40th birthday. I went on a vacation for my 40th birthday and did really great on that vacation 
restriction in terms of sticking to my eating plan. Now, at that point, I was really restricting calories. I was hungry all the time. I was not really doing anything to worry about any of that. I just kept trying to kind of push myself through it. And um, I went off the rails after I I planned one cheat meal. Um, I was in Whole Foods. I went to buy chicken and broccoli, literally. And as I was walking around, I was feeling a little under the weather, just just kind of the crud you get after flying and thought, you know, I, I, I did so good on vacation. I deserve a cheat meal. And so I started picking out a couple of things that I hadn't eaten in a long time, like ice cream. At this point, they were making Whole Foods used to make. They don't anymore because I pay attention, even though I can't eat it. Uh, they made a, a caramel bacon brownie, and it was back before bacon had taken over the world. So it was <laughs> rare. To, it was rare to see bacon in a dessert. So when it would come up, I was always like, "Okay, I have to get like six of those." Um, but I, I got two or three of them, and I bought some ice cream, and I got my chicken and my broccoli, and I was like, "This is my cheat meal." And by the time I had checked out um, at the, the grocery store, I had decided to turn it into a cheat day, and I hit McDonald's on the way home. Uh, by the time I got home with the McDonald's, I had agreed to a cheat weekend in my head. By Sunday, it was a cheat week. And then by the following Sunday, I had given up completely. Um, I had given back into the the grip of, of the food addiction that I, I had lived with for years. And I then started this almost like you could say like a weight gaining regimen because I gained 270 70 pounds by October of that year. Um, yeah, the oh first my week. Goodness. So I was two. It was May. The last time I weighed myself in May was the first week in May, and I was 210 pounds. And then when I weighed myself the the first week in October, I think it was actually October 10th, if I remember correctly, Columbus Day weekend, I was 480 pounds um, in less than six months. Less than six months, yeah. Wow. And, and you said, uh, er, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. Well, you you said something a minute ago that I want to, and you can comment on an hour later. Food yep. addiction. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about that at some point, as in what what did food mean to you? Was it just a comfort aspect of it? Was it mm. where, where, where how what is your food addiction? Sure. Um, I built my life around food. Like I literally. My life was an obsession with food, a physical and a mental obsession with food. Um, I worked, I I made career choices based on what would keep me comfortable and keep me eating. Um, I made social life choices based on access to food. I I planned social events with friends around what I wanted to eat. I, I made sure when I was with family that I had what I wanted to eat. I made sure when I was alone that I had what I wanted to eat. Like it, it, it's funny because throughout all that time and even through most of my weight loss journey uh, up until now, I, I would have said that I wasn't an emotional eater. I would say that I didn't eat to respond to to emotions or anything like that. I just ate because I loved eating. And I realize now that I, I have started working on my mindset and, and kind of how things affect me, not just physically, but mentally, that I'm a very emotional eater. It's just I ate so often that I was numb. I ate so often that I didn't have to worry about feeling or responding to situations because I could get through anything with food. I used food to make me happy. I used food to make me sad. Whatever I, Whatever it was, food was there. Um, and that started in my childhood. Like that was something that was always there, like obsession with food, obsession with specific foods and having to have them around and um, mm-hmm. feeling like I was missing something. Like I always felt like I, I was if I wasn't going to a certain restaurant or going to getting a certain meal, I was missing something. And, you know, there's the big Internet phenomenon. You know, everyone talks about FOMO and fear of missing out. Like I just always felt I never missed out on food because I never denied myself food, food at all. Um, I had built an existing 
existence. Like, but when I was at my heaviest, I had literally built an existence where my job was about 15, 20 feet down the hallway from where I lived. I almost never had to leave the building that I lived in. Uh, I created this very small insular world that protected my ability the way I wanted to. And I made deliberate choices that were driven by that, that I, if, if I let, and I have had those moments where I've let that regret overwhelm me because I think about opportunities that I've missed in my life because I chose food instead. Uh, if that makes any, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely not rational, but I hope that kind of delves into it a little bit for you. No, it's, it's what you lived and I appreciate mm-hmm. you being honest about it. And, and I mean, in the, the, the weirdest thing, like now that summer, the summer of, you know, 2013, I hid from the world because I knew I was gaining weight very rapidly. I knew that I had been very public in my weight loss. I had a Facebook group that I was running that had thousands of members in it. Like I was very much kind of, I'd put myself out there and here I was like retreating because I, I was obviously going back on everything I've been talking about for a long time. And I'm not sure, I'm not really sure how I survived that summer physically. Um, I mean, for my body to go through that rapid of a change and there's, I mean, there were just physical changes happening all the time. Like I could, I, I said that for those first few months, I could feel myself getting bigger every day. Like I would wake up and feel it. Like I could feel like at first, like my body grow, like it's, it's a surreal experience that I, I think eventually I became so afraid of that I didn't know what to do to get out of it. And it felt like I was kind of on an out of control train at that point until I reached that kind of homeostasis point of where my body relaxed and said, what are you doing? Um, and, and I got back up into the high 400s and stayed there for a couple of years. I always kind of tried to stay in touch with what people were doing, to, you know, weight loss wise and what the trends were, but still felt like I, I had worked really hard to convince myself that I was just meant to be a big guy, that I didn't have any other choices, that I clearly had tried and failed and why try again? I did a lot of that. I did a lot of, I, I, I spoke a lot during that time to friends and family to say things that I was trying to convince myself of, I think. I used to tell people that, you know, I'm happy and I'm meant to be this way and don't be sad for me and don't worry about me and don't be like, don't worry about any of that because I, I knew they were probably were worrying, obviously, like I'm sure there was fear and terror and all of those things watching what was happening. So, so that's a, an important thing with, with your family members, your friends, and did any of them actually speak up to you about it? Or did you just kind of notice from the corner of your eye that they gave an extra look or that there was, you know, those things going on that, that you kind of felt, but they didn't ever come out and say it. What, what was that like at that time? Sure. Um, during that regain, honestly, no one I did. I had a couple of friends say basically at various points say, are you OK? Like, do you need help? Uh, are you OK? And I was very good at I'm completely OK. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm an adult. I'm making my choices. You know, I was great. I'm a great kind of arguer when it comes to those things. Um, and family, I didn't get a lot of comments. I didn't. I, I think because they had seen me yo-yo diet before, I think to some of them, it was more of like a resignation. Like he almost did it, but he didn't do it. And did, they don't know what to say. Because when I lost the weight in 2013, they all had a ton to say. Like I, they, they had a ton. Like I remember basically at my, at my 40th birthday party, it was almost like a night of people coming up to me to tell me that they thought I was going to die and they're glad I'm not going to die anymore. And it was, it was very like, you know, I mean, there were people who were literally saying, we didn't think you were going to live till 40, you know? And I I think that was a big thing that hit me like, you know, wow, like they all noticed what I thought no one really noticed. 
And I think that gave me an awareness of when I was going through the regame process and all of that, that I knew people were going to notice. I knew they were going to have comments. And so I did my best to kind of cut it off before it could happen. You know, I did did a lot of that grandstanding about I'm happy and I'm out and I'm out and about and I'm I'm still getting around. And I wasn't as isolated that then. And like, I mean, when I was at my heaviest, I was I had really isolated myself in a lot of ways. And I tried to kind of prove that I wasn't that way, Uh, even though in a lot of ways I was again, you know, it was obviously getting worse and the chronic pain, all of those things. Lots of putting on a brave face to keep going. Oh, completely, completely. And it really and it was because I wanted to get to the next meal. Like I. I didn't want anyone to say because I, I didn't want to give anyone the chance to say not just are you OK, but what are you doing? Like, what are you rationally doing? Like, I've, I've literally, I, I feel like I've, I've only had one person at one point in my life say to me, I, I, I'm watching you kill yourself and I can't do it anymore. And I had a friend say that to me when I was at my heaviest. And my response at that point was, well, then get out of my life. You know, if you if you can't support me, get out of my life. And he did for years. He's someone who's back in my life now. But, you know, we had a we had a very strong falling out. And it was someone that I was really close to. And I instead of listening to what he was saying, I went right to that defensive place. And I think I was really good at that no matter what I was doing. And so I lived a few more years. I mean, I lived longer at that size. But the thing is, when the weight came back, greater health problems came back with it. And I was at that point where I knew I either had to, like, I specifically knew I had to go to a doctor and get on insulin or lose weight. Like, I could tell, like, if you if you pull up, if you Google what are the symptoms of, of type 2 diabetes, I would check off every box. I'm sure I lived with it for years and managed it, you know, whether I was fully, fully full blown or on the edge or wherever it was like the symptoms that I had. I knew what they meant. I I knew what was happening. I knew my body was breaking down and I knew I needed to do something. And I found out a few years later, about a year and a half ago, that at some point in my past, I actually had a heart attack and didn't know it. Um, yeah. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was that summer. Um, but it could have been at any point in my life. Like really, you know, they basically, the doctor said you would have just had a really bad night. You would have had some pain. You probably would have felt really sick and nauseous and then not known what was going on. And he's like, did that ever happen to you? And I'm like, how many times? Like, I used to feel like that all the time. Um, so there was things I knew I had to do and, it, and I reached a point and I, and I think I reached a point where I'd resigned myself to the fact that I was going to die. Um, probably around like 2016, I had resigned myself to the fact that I probably wouldn't live to 45. And so I might as well just enjoy what time I have left, you know, keep eating, do, do what I need to do, you know, to, to live for as long as I could. And I, I had some stuff happen in my family and realized that I was in that dark place. I wasn't a place that was, you know, whether it was slow because it was food, I was exhibiting this suicidal behavior, basically. And I realized that I wanted to live, that people needed me to live. And living didn't just mean getting up and breathing. It meant being able to participate in life. And that was the spark that got me to finally say, I'm going to try keto. And that was February of 2017 um, is when I started keto. And I've been uh, doing that now for a little over two years. That's crazy. So, so when you type that out, the gun cocks when some of us open the fridge. Like that wasn't just some catchy little saying you came up with to, to just put on your Facebook post to tie together to you know one of your transformation pictures. That that actually came from from let's just say deep within. Completely, completely. It's it's something I feel strongly that like for some people, myself included, 
like I used and I've, I've said this to people a lot. Like, I don't think I've said it in a podcast really before. But like for me, every meal is opening that door again to what could go wrong. And so every meal, no matter what I'm eating, no matter what the content was, no matter what, you know, the, the fat to protein ratio and the carb level was, you know, as much as those things help control appetite and, and all the great things that keto does hormonally, keto does hormonally, there was a lot still a long period of this journey. And I, I honestly don't feel this way now. But I would feel like I would have to white knuckle for 15, 20 minutes after every meal to not eat more, to not go crazy, to not, you know, go make some bad choices or just to overeat on the good on the on the keto food on the healthy food. Like it was something that I struggled with consistently, I would say for at least a solid year um, this time around. Um, because and I knew where it would lead me. And it's one of the reasons why I still have like my current feelings about like cheat meals for me and cheat days and all of that. I know I, I have a greater awareness now of what I'm strong enough to do. And I know there's some things that I'm very strong enough to do. And I know there's some things that I, I, I don't I, I don't trust myself with yet. And, and kind of letting myself go off the rails for a night is not something I trust yet. I, I don't I don't know if I would come back from it again. A powerful statement. So I guess. Uh, Thank you. My, yeah, man, like I'm, I'm literally floored here. I don't mean to just sit here right. and stutter and stammer, but no, but uh, so so when you uh, when you stumbled across keto and let's just say um, like the last time you started losing weight, like was there a defining yeah. moment where where you're like, okay, this this stops now, this stops today, something's got to change, like, and what did that feel like? And and, and you remember that moment? Definitely, I I definitely do remember it. Um, the the health issues were were adding up. I had just gone on a vacation with my family. We had gone to the Bahamas, and I didn't participate a lot in that trip because obviously I I could not get around that much. You know, we went to Atlantis. It was this great resort, and I they were they kept wanting to go to the pool that was like a half mile away from where we were staying, and I was like, every day they're killing me. Every day I'm going to die. Um, and that was also around the time. My there's some some kind of messy stuff in my family where my parents are now the guardians of two small children um, that are my nephew's daughters. And it's long, convoluted story we, we don't need to dive into because it would take up too much of your time. But long story short, when they were making the decision to become the legal guardians, they said to myself and to my sisters, we're going to need your help at some point. You know, we're going to need we know that we're older. We're taking this on. We know that we're the ones that have to do this, but we're going to need help even along the way. Way. And I knew that that meant they needed me more than just raising my hand and saying, okay, I'll help. They needed me to actually be able to help. They needed me to be able to, to keep up with, you know, these twins and keep up with these kids and keep up with them. And it also, I think, then was one of the first times that put their mortality in front of me. And I knew that there were things I needed to do to step it up. And, and, it's, and it's not about me wanting them to lose weight for other people. It's about me realizing that I was, for the first time in my life, really feeling like someone was honestly meaning it when they said they needed me. And me wanting to live up to that and wanting to fulfill that. Um, and that was in that January, February time. And I knew I couldn't just dive right back into what I had done before. I needed to do some research. I needed to plan. I'm definitely a planner. I, I overplan everything. And um, so I, I started doing some, some research on what it would actually mean. Um, the funny thing is, as much as I'm a planner, I also just start things. So as soon as I felt confident that I was going to start keto, I cleaned out my entire house of, of any food that I shouldn't be eating and started and just dove right in first day. There was no, I'm going to start this and stop this and incorporate cheat meals right away. It was, I'm going to do this hundred percent. And that was February, 2017.
How did you hear about keto? Because mm. you said you had done well, some low carb stuff in the past and everything, but where where was the this is this is the, the thing for me? Definitely, definitely. Well, I knew I was on the fringes of it because in the paleo world, low carb starts to come up a lot. Keto, the conflict, sure. you know, not not conflict, but the connections with keto start to come up. Um, I I don't know if any of you had ever heard, read, or seen the the carbohydrate addicts diet. Um, it no. was this old, it was this old, like seventies, eighties, early nineties diet where it was this doctor uh, group, this husband and wife that were doctors and it was two low carb meals. And then they called it their it treat meal. Sense. And during the treat meal, as long as you ate a third of protein, a third of low carb vegetables, you can eat a third of any carbohydrate you want. So you could eat a, you could eat a pint of, of Ben and Jerry's if you ate enough chicken breast and broccoli to balance it in terms of your plate. Yeah, it, was, it, it basically was cal- caloric. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. And they had a lot of reasoning for it. And I bought into it and I did it before and it worked. And but then eventually it stops working because you start to like build these gigantic meals because you're like, I'm going to freaking push through that chicken breast and that broccoli to get to that cake. (laughs) You know, like, you know, you, you, you realize because literally you'd go into the forums and they, someone would say, well, now if I want to have a scoop of ice cream, they're like, we'll have like one chicken breast and, you know, six pieces of broccoli with it. And then someone's like, well, what if I want a pint of ice cream? Well, then you have to have an equal amount of chicken breast and an equal amount of broccoli and no one will do that. And I'm like, watch me, watch me do that. I'll, 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 I'll take that down. I'll take that down. So I and so I had read. I also read read. Um, at, I bought a, a at a used bookstore. I bought the original Atkins New Diet Revolution, um, not the more updated one that features more bars and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came across Jimmy Moore's podca- podcast or one of his his videos or something, and he was talking about the book he had just come out with, Keto Clarity. And so I got Keto Clarity, and I read that, and I was like, okay, I can do this. And I think it was around the same time I discovered the website ruled.me, and it was one of the only sure. only keto recipe websites around at that point. And it had, like, I was like, wow, there are, like, hundreds and hundreds of recipes on this website, like, things I hadn't even thought about. Um, and so I, d- I dove in, and I did, for that first year and a half, I did, like, the lazy keto approach. I was, the only thing I was counting at all was carbs. I was going under 25 grams of net carbs, eventually 20 grams of net carbs, doing total net carbs, not total carbs. And then protein and fat, mm-hmm. I was just eating almost like a mix of protein and fat so th- to the point that I wasn't hungry anymore, like to satiation. And I did that and it worked for me for a long, long time. And then I hit a point where I stalled and stalled for a couple months and started actually putting weight back on because for someone like me, intuitive eating can only take you so far, I think. Um, and I needed more structure and I knew I needed more structure. And again, it was one of those things where in my life, there are a lot of times where I know I need things, but I don't go right to them. And so I knew I was like, I'm going to have to start tracking. I'm going to have to start counting macros. I'm going to have to figure this out. So I think I went through like seven or eight different macro calculators and I kept trying to build spreadsheets to help me figure it out and meal plan. And I kept screwing it up and I couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, I'm never going to be able to do this on my own. So I eventually turned to a coach. Like I, I looked into a couple of different coaching options. I found a coach that seemed to be in line with, with something I would like to do. And I thought I was uncoachable. I told him that. Um, that there's no way it's going to work. And I've been doing that since October of last year. And it's worked out really well for me. Like, I, you know, switched over to, the, to tight tracking, you know, getting a little, getting my workouts a little more in line. And um, 
I switched over to total carbs from net carbs and um, it's, it's done wonders for me. So I, one thing that I just, I, I was thinking about a moment ago is that you started, you said February of 2017, that's about the same time that I started. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm right about the two, two years, just to give the scope, you've lost 300 pounds in that period of time. I've lost about 55. Well, just to be fair, I've lost, uh, I lost a little over 240 pounds in that time. Okay. Okay. I wasn't, I hadn't regained 300 pounds. So I never, I hadn't got, I hadn't. Yeah. No, that, that makes yeah. sense. But even, even still, that's a momentous, that's a huge amount of weight. Yeah. And now, yes, you had more to lose than, than I did. My top right, was 280. Right. So, you know, we're, we're not, we're mm. talking a little bit apples and oranges, but right, at the right. same time, you, it's still just even getting to the point that you did in October was a massive feat on quote lazy keto. So that just mm -hmm. tells us how powerful this way of eating can be. Um, oh, completely. But, but yeah, it, it, it's it's great, and and having a coach that that's something else that I wanted to tie tie into. Somebody else in in our Facebook group was talking about this the other day. They said, uh, you know, I kind of cheated. I had to had a coach, and the truth was, no, that's not cheating. That's utilizing the tools that are available. That's finding what you need. We all need coaches. I need a coach in the gym. That's why I have Alberto because right. otherwise I'd have no clue what I'm doing. And he's there. He's able to coach me. We coach each other a little bit, you know, because we can see from the outside that type of accountability, that kind of partnership is necessary for a lot of us. And so you found what you needed. And that's awesome. You, that's not a sign of weakness. That's not a, a down a downfall. It's an expense. But that's about it. Exactly. Complete. Completely. I completely agree with you. I think I think my perspective on coaching obviously has even changed since I decided to do it. At first, it seemed like a necessary evil to me because I, I knew I needed help. And now that I've gotten into that coaching relationship with someone, I, I think the 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 growth mindset wise has has been worth as much as the growth in terms of my nutritional knowledge and my ability to control that and work more on that and handle tracking and, and getting new macros, you know, every week and being able to make adjustments and, and roll with that. And um, I, I think it's just been another part, like you said, it's another part of the journey. I think it happens to me a lot that I get people, especially because I'm very active on Instagram. I get a ton of people DMing me almost daily saying, I want to do keto. What do I do? And I'm like, whoa, they're, they're, it's not like keto is Weight Watchers where there's one plan to hand to you. Like you need to get into understand how it works and think about what tweaks you want to make and what direction is great for you. And it's a little more, I think, labor intensive, but the rewards are great but you got to put a little bit of work yourself there. I think too many people want to just have something handed to them. And I think you could hand something to someone. You could say here, just take this meal plan and do it. But I think for them to get the full experience and what they need for their journey, like they need to kind of come into it a little bit more on their own. And I think I needed to, I think I needed to start where I did so I could make the adjustments I needed to, to get to where I am now. So talking about where you are now, tell us what you eat and do on a daily weekly basis kind of thing sure uh well like i said working with the coach i work with we 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 do kind of like a, a titrating up and down of my calories um so that where i'm not always in like a severe caloric deficit so we're actually kind of getting towards the top of that right now so i'm eating more food than i've been used to the past couple months um but 
Yes. Yeah, it's it's nice. Um, and the funny thing is, and this is the thing that I think, like, even he found kind of amazing at first is like, we're raising my calories every week, and I'm still losing weight. Like, I'm not, you know, we, we, we've kind of figured out where my threshold is in terms of like, where my body hits like a stasis point. And we're not near that yet. But we're, we're taking me like, I'm, I'm right now, about 500 calories up from where I was in March. And I'm still losing weight. So, you know, what we're doing is is clearly doing something good for my body. But right now, I because I, I like as 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 you can probably tell from the fact that I was over 500 pounds, I like to eat and satiation at a meal could be a big thing for me. Um, so for me, mentally, I find that if I eat a bigger one bigger meal, I'm I'm satisfied for the day versus if I would eat two or three smaller meals. So right now I am I do I, I do a, a coffee that usually has some added fat to it and some collagen um, in the morning. And then I do what I call my OMAD, you know, my one meal a day. And I do that usually around lunchtime. I tried doing that at dinner at first or doing it at night. And I found that I was still obsessing about food all day and thinking about food. And now I eat and get it out of the way and I'm good for the rest of the day. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at now. My calories right now are, are around a little over 2000. Um, and that's kind of where, where I'm at right now. Like I, I, it's the, the protocol that this, you know, the program that it's through is, is a, I'm a higher fat ratio. We found that for me, I tend to not, not deal with cravings as much when my, my fat is up and my body keeps responding. So um, that's where, where we're staying at now. Yeah, I, I can completely I completely agree with you on that. I mean, the the whole calorie in, calorie out is is so oversimplified, and it, it mm. does it come down to that in the end? Yes, but there's so much more at play. And here you are, you know. They say, you know, as the old saying goes, I've seen a million times. If, if uh, <laughs> don't eat the fat on your plate, if you got fat to lose, it's it's a little more complicated than that. It, it is. It doesn't always quite work out that way. You know, the fat plays a very important role in, in controlling your hormones. And, and, and you're a testament to it. You're eating high fat. You're increasing your calories and you're, you're, you're still losing weight. You, you know, things inside you are still getting fixed. And, and it, it's not taking a severe caloric deficit to do it. You, you know, you're, you're just tweaking things and working with someone who, who's clearly on board with the, with the overall game plan. And, 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 and yeah, man, it's working out for you. It's great. Speaking of workouts, what, what what exactly are you doing for workouts? Sure, definitely. The the the, the first that I was just I was just gonna jump right back, jump on and say yes, calories in, calories out. Like at the end of the day, we know calories matter, but for me, the journey really is about so much more. It's about you know that physical compulsion I had to eat and all of those things, and that being gone because of how I'm eating. Like I, I don't think sometimes people get that eating this way to even if it even if that was the only benefit that it gave me, that benefit is worth it. But I know it's also doing other things hormonally. And, and healing in my body and helping with blood sugar regulation and, and blood pressure and, you know, all of those those different pieces. Um, as far as working out goes, uh, we actually just changed it up recently. I started, we at first we were doing like a, some full body days um, with some rest days. And then I had gotten into this kick where I wanted to work out every day. Um, just to do like a, I was That's doing awesome. a challenge and, and I was doing this challenge. It was for, it was 47, 46 days before my 46th birthday. So I wanted to do 46 workouts. Um, so we kind of paired them back. So I wasn't killing myself every day and not recovering at all. Um, cause that would also very important. Of, you know, 
<laughs> right, completely. And then I realized I was like, okay, I did that. I got that done. I kind of want to amp up what I'm doing a little bit in the gym. And he gets kind of into like it's it's he's primarily a, a, a nutritional and and kind of dietary coach, but he does the he he'll do you know he also is has experience as as a as a coach on the physical side, and so he'll put workouts together. So if I say to him I'd like to do X, Y, and Z, he's like, okay, let me put something together and see what you, how you feel about it. And so I just had this thought where I was like, I'd like to try to kind of start doing some, you know, splitting up, like getting into some stronger leg workouts and um, also just start focusing on some body parts and doing some individual body part workouts to see how I respond to that. So now we have it broken up where I've got like five days that I do. And then I take two rest days, um, which fits good with because of my my work schedule. I, I don't have to get up as early because I'm, I'm a morning workout guy. I work out fasted. Usually every, I'm usually at the gym by like 4.30, o'clock, uh, usually 4.30. Yeah, we're all part and, of the same club. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. Oh, if, not all. Not all, know, brother. Uh, <laughs> there you go. If, if I wait till five o'clock in the afternoon to, to work out, I'm not going to do it or I'm not going to work out hard. When I go first thing in the morning, it's I put my all into it. I know that I'm pushing hard and I feel it the rest of the day. I feel the energy from it, the, the, the carryover. Like if I don't like my rest days, it's it's a new adjustment for me that like by the end of my rest day, I'm like, I'm exhausted. And I didn't even work out for, you know, an hour and a half today. Like what's going on? Um, so I do um, I do legs twice and then I do um, is it chest and shoulders. I do an arms workout and I do a back workout. Uh, pretty much and there's some core exercises thrown in and a couple little things along those lines so not really like a set program of any kind i I work out at a planet fitness so there's limitations to equipment and things along those lines but we've started doing it we've this workout what i'm doing now we're doing mostly dumbbells um so because at first when i started i was doing but i was doing mostly machines and i was like i want to do i want to switch over to dumbbells he's like okay we'll switch over to dumbbells completely let's let's do that let's see what happens so like i've started like for the first time ever like we just started this um this is my second week and so last week was literally the first time ever i did a squat of any kind um so that's new to me and my legs feel it my inner thighs feel it i i know i did it my last leg day was two days ago and my next one is tomorrow and i'm like i'm still feeling it a little bit oh god it's coming up again tomorrow okay um but I just, I try, for me, I don't want to get bored at the gym. So I think having him switch things up very so often helps. I'm trying to, you know, I, I'd like to get stronger. I'm weak. I, I, I had some stuff happen um, that we haven't really dove into. In uh, winter of 2017, that December, I was hospitalized with pneumonia, severe. Uh, I almost died. Um, like they told me if I waited four more hours to go to the, the hospital, I would have died. Um, and, and I was in the hospital for 16 days. Um, Oh, wow. So I was I was in the hospital bedridden for 16 days on oxygen. Um, when I came out of the <sighs> hospital, I couldn't even go to my ho- go to my apartment because it was upstairs and I still wasn't strong enough. Like they basically got me stabilized and I left the hospital stable on oxygen. I went to my parents' house and I was there for almost a month recovering. And for most of that time, I was barely able to move. Um, the and this was kind of like the 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 moment for me where I had to face all of the anxiety and doctor issues I had built up for decades because I just was I was stubborn and wouldn't go to a doctor and that was why I didn't and it almost killed me and now you know I had to develop relationships with doctors really fast in the hospital you know I have a pulmonologist now and you know I've got you know I've seen a cardiologist and it's you know, I have a regular doctor again who actually, in between my six-month visit with him, he went keto, uh, which was really interesting. 
Uh, yeah, it was you? great. Um, he said <laughs> he said I inspired him to look at it, and then once he did, he started trying it, and he loves it. So we literally, at my first appointment with him, he was very much on board with intermittent fasting. He was okay with me being keto low carb, but wasn't a hundred percent sold. But he liked what he was seeing for me, so he was okay with it. And when I came in for my my next follow up six months later, I sit down, and he's like, "Wow, you've lost another fifty pounds. That's awesome. This is great. Oh, you should know that I'm keto." now. I'm totally keto. And I recommend keto to people all the time now. And he started talking about how one of the doctors in their practice also was big on in proper interpretation of cholesterol numbers and not going right to statins with people and like all of what I've been kind of reading and hearing in like the keto sphere. Now actual doctors are talking about practicing it with their patients. And so that was kind of a great experience. And we spent way too much of my appointment talking keto. And he finally said, we should probably start doing your physical to get you out of here. I'm like, yeah, that's that's probably a good idea. Like, I enjoy geeking out with you, but you can connect with me on Instagram if you want to. I'm not going to sit here for another half hour answering questions for you. Um, but it's good, you know, so. But long story short, the reason why I, I went into that was not to talk about me with doctors and everything. But I was bedridden for almost two months. Um, and I literally, every ounce of strength from my body was gone. When I was able to do stairs again and breathe without my oxygen level dropping, um, I could barely go up the stairs. I would have to, I lived on the second floor is where my apartment is. I would have to stop four times to go, going up the stairs um, to catch my breath, to have the strength to keep going. Um, it was another month and a half before I was able to get back into the gym before I was cleared. They thought because of the the evidence of the past heart attack that I and I, there was no record of my resting heart rate or anything along those lines for them to compare against. So they were worried that I had an arrhythmia. There was a lot of like cardiac worries. I had to do the cardiac stress test, which was probably the most terrifying thing I've ever done in my life. Um, mm -hmm where, you know, they're making you run and then they're testing you and they're making you run and testing you like, that's great. Um, but I, I came out of that like incredibly weak and upset when I got back into the gym that I could barely move the machines on the lowest settings and like dealt with all of that. And so I've the past year has really been coming back from that for me, like trying to get myself back to a place where I at least felt good about what I was doing in the gym. and felt like I could actually work out again. Um, so it's, it's, there's been a lot of, you know, bumps in the road, but I will say when I was in the hospital, I stayed keto the entire time, you know, for what I was doing for keto. Um, that was a challenge. That was fun. Um, and even after that, <laughs> at, at my parents' house, having to explain to them that, no, I don't want a potato. Um, luckily, my sister flew in from California and stayed with me. And she's like, I'll cook for him. Don't you guys worry about it. Order your pizza. I will cook for him. Shoot. Don't worry about it. Um, and yeah, I mean, so it's, it's been something that, you know, like, he's, like I said, like, I didn't work on my mindset before in this leg of the journey. Like I've just been trying to, to look at everything from a bigger picture, trying to think about the gym, not just as a necessity, but trying to enjoy what I'm doing there. I had someone ask me yesterday, like they, they started going, they started working out again and they're like, now tell the truth. You don't ever really like the gym, do you? And I'm like, I actually do really enjoy the gym now. Like I, I can't say I'm the most knowledgeable person or anything along those lines, but I, I feel like like it's something that I look forward to now, which is a, another shift for me that wasn't there before. So, you know, I, I, I appreciate these, these things. I'm trying to notice these things more as I move forward. Yeah, you had, you had mentioned, let me get a little deep for a second here that, yeah. uh, you know, you, you had at once accepted your fate. Yeah. You know, that's it. Like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I may as well be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then you had just mentioned obviously a second ago that not by choice, you were almost there again. Yep. <laughs> So, so what, what did it feel like the difference between those two experiences? Oh, 
it's it's solidified for me that I'm doing the right thing. Like that I the decisions I had made weren't made out of fear or obligation. Because for a while, I did think when I made that decision in February of 2017, am I doing this for myself really? Or am I doing this for other people? Like, why am I doing this? That was a question I asked myself a lot. Um, and like I when I say resignation, when I had resigned myself to die in 2016, I, I wrote a letter that I kept by my bed that was for my family in case I didn't wake up. Um, that basically said, I was happy. Don't worry about me. Don't be sad. You know, like basically everything I would say out loud, written down on a piece of paper. And I kept it in a notebook by my bed and I burned that eventually. Um, and when I was hospitalized again, I wanted to, I fought to live. Like I, I, I'm sure most of you know that when they do an x-ray of your lungs, they're supposed to look completely black. Like the x-ray should look almost blank. Uh, my lungs look like giant white clouds uh, because there was so much infection in them. And there was two thin pencil lines at the top of each lung. Uh, they had the oxygen on a 14 just to get enough air into me so that my my pulse ox level would come up into the 80s, um, which if you're below 90, you're damaging your organs. Um, so probably for a solid week, I was damaging my body and didn't even realize it. Um, the doctors, one of the doctors I talked to actually said that if I wasn't eating so healthy, I probably would have died. Like if I had I hadn't lost the weight. There's no way I would have like at that point, I lost over 100 pounds uh, or around 100 pounds. Um, he said, if you hadn't lost that weight, you would be dead. Um, there's no way your body would survive what you went through. And it just all kind of hammer like when you're getting poked and prodded and woken up five times a day and, you know, spending that much time in a hospital alone, you get perspective on what you're doing. And I knew that I was fighting there and that I wanted to, I would keep fighting. And so that's for me, I say my when people say, how do you stay motivated? I'm not always motivated, but I know every day that I want to stay alive. I know every day that I want to fight to live. And I don't. And I think sometimes when people say that as their motivation, it's a flip thing. I, I mean it. I mean it literally. I know that food was killing me. I know that I was killing myself with that behavior. I know that I was clearly either giving myself some kind of heart problems. I was giving myself diabetes. I had open wounds that would form on my legs. You know, I had s massive swelling in my legs. Like I was killing myself. And when that switch flipped to want to live, the, the next experience of almost dying just proved to me even more that I was doing the right thing and that I needed to keep doing it. Just taking all of this in, I guess, um, my question for you is, are you happy now? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I do. I, I think I am. I, I think at most points in my life, I, I, I was happy. Um, I, I think I mastered a lot of that happiness and, and dealt with a lot of other things. But what I, I like to say now is that food doesn't take up the space in my head that it used to. Like when you're that big and when you're eating, you're that obsessed with food. Most of your mental energy goes towards making sure that you fit into the world around you and that you have, you can be comfortable and planning what the next thing you're going to eat is. And I think what I've come to realize is that like that space isn't taken up anymore by all of that. And so I can allow other things to enter my head. I can allow other feelings and experiences. And I, I, I think I'm, I, I feel free in a lot of ways. And I, and again, I know that's cliche, and I know there's probably people that listen to someone saying that, someone who's, especially someone who's yo-yoed as many times as I have, and they say, okay, yeah, he feels that way today, but will he feel that way tomorrow? And I, and I, I, it's different for me this time. Like, I don't feel 
I always used to, like I said, I used to see diets as an end to a mean, a means to an end. And I didn't worry about the end. And now I'm even starting to think about what comes, what comes next after I hit my, my quote unquote weight goal. Like what happens when I get there and I'm trying to plan for that. And I'm thinking about those things and I'm planning for the future and trying to think of my own future. And, and I think that's, those are the things that make, I'm, I'm finding happiness in other things now, I think is probably a better way to put it. Like I don't, I don't have to eat to be happy. Uh, I can be happy in, in other more subtle ways and other, other more subtle moments um, in my life. And I'm good with that. Like, I, I think I feel peace a lot more with something else that I, I, I kind of fell into. And I've talked about this before in other other podcasts is I, I really kind of fell into reading about stoic philosophy and the stoic writers when I was in the hospital. And for me, like, it's that idea that I now know that I could die at any moment. And it's not about I used to think about I could die at any moment. So I better eat what I'm, I don't want to miss when I die. And now I think about is, am I leaving? Am I, am I leaving behind the best moment that I could have lived in my life if I do die today? Am I, am I, am I doing something that says for me that I, I did something that brought me closer to where I want to be with my goals instead of just thinking about what's going to make me happy in that moment? I have, uh, I have said the exact same thing to myself. Usually it is involving a family gathering of some kind, like, mm-hmm. You know, my grandmother makes these wonderful homemade noodles and it's a Thanksgiving tradition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the last couple, I mean, she's 85, 86 years old, pretty good health for her age and everything. But, you know, Thanksgiving rolls around like I can't not have these this year because if it's the last time, I want to make sure that I have one last helping kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I Understood. totally, totally get what you just said. Yep. That makes complete sense. Okay, so Mike, as we're we're trying to wrap this up, we've kept you long, um, and we really Definitely. appreciate you telling your story uh, so so completely. One of the things that we both have in common, being that we've been around in the keto space, uh, you know, for about the same time, is that. Other than Diet Doctor and Rule.me and some other resources like uh, Keto Clarity and things like that, but which, by the way, Jimmy Moore is one of the most heartfelt, awesome, just teddy bear of a man in the world. I got to meet him at KetoCon, and he was just amazing. And and he signed a couple books for me, and it was it was just really it, it was really great to meet him. Um, and so he really does passionately care about all this stuff, and that's why he does it. Uh, but anyway, that's a side tangent. What other resources either do you wish that you had then, or do you put? Obviously, every day you're putting out content. You've got people asking you all the time. You know, how do I, you know, find out more? What resources do you put in their hands? Uh, it's kind of, it, it's actually really kind of funny that you asked that question because literally 10 minutes before we started talking tonight, I put up a story on Instagram that says, what websites do you recommend to new keto people when they ask you about where they should go? Uh, because I'm always looking to try to expand that library for myself. Um, I, I I think for me, like what I try to encourage people to do is um, I, I think, well, one, if if they're men, I, I encourage them to get into the keto man's group in on Facebook. Um, I don't really hi- highly recommend any other Facebook groups, but I, I think that the men's group that you guys are obviously all a part of um, is probably one of the one of the best kind of resources and support resources specifically for men out there. Um, I think getting active on Instagram f- is something that I tell people to do all the time, like to, to post and talk about what they're going through and other people are going to know. I think there's a very supportive keto community there. I think fitness in general on there, but I think keto wise there's some kind of incredible people on instagram so you got people 
people like Keto Savage and Danny Vega and Keto Connect. And I think they put out great content and resources and connect you to other people. Like you've got all the people from KetoCon. And I, one of the things I just think is so great is that even when my account was really, when I was just getting started with on, in this area on Instagram, if I reached out to someone, most of the people would reach back and, and a lot of high, a high level of engagement. Um, I think YouTube is also a great resource, whether you're looking for food or you're looking for like keto beginner perspectives, or you want to watch videos of just people that are living the keto life. You've got, I mean, you've got some people that are doing it to different degrees. You've got like some people that are more like in the bodybuilding sphere and doing it. But like, I think like keto, I do, I do think, you know, as much as I think keto connect, they haven't gone through the weight loss side of things as much. Like they do keto for other reasons, really. Um, they've got some great beginner videos that are just kind of like great introductions to concepts. And I, I think that's a great place. I think, I think Jimmy Moore, like, I, I think, you know, Jimmy Moore puts himself out there. I think he takes a lot of heat for, for a variety of reasons, but I think he continues to think about the fact that he knows he's helping people and that he's helping himself. And I, I think his books, but I also think like, I mean, how many podcasts does he do a day now? Seven or eight? Like, yeah, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's a little overwhelming. Um, but I, I think just and, and also then the other place I send people is literally podcasts. Like I've I've replaced most of my television. Like I used to be a huge TV addict, like most people in the world. And I probably watch an hour of TV a week now. And then I spend my time listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos is most of my kind of media time. And I just think don't limit yourself to one platform. Find what works for you. Find what you think is going to give you account. Like, I, I think for me, the accountability I get from Instagram, I can't speak to enough. Um, so, like, those are the things that I say. Like, the, the funny thing is, like, when you said putting aside diet doctor and rule.me, where else do you send people? Like, I have a I have a message that I've put together for people about where I send them. And it's the beginner section on dietdoctor.com. It's rule.me. Um, I also tell people if you feel like you're more into like a higher fat space, you know, go check out Keto Savage. If you feel like you're more into a higher protein space, check out the Keto Gains guys. Like there's a lot of discussion and there's so much. And that's when I try to say this variety. I'm like, check them all out. Like there's you can use four different keto macro calculators and get 15 different versions of what your macros, quote unquote, should be like it, it's I, I encourage people that you they have to treat themselves as the person that they're experimenting on. And if what they, they try doesn't work, don't be afraid to try something else. Don't be afraid to make variations. If I was afraid to make variations, I'd be stuck where I was, you know, six, seven months ago. Um, by opening my mind to something that I thought I could never be a part of, I, I feel like I've moved myself forward. So I just think encouraging continued learning um, and, all, and all of that. I mean, like, I, I, I think Vinny Tortorich is great with the no sugars, no grains, you know, and the recipes that he puts out with Anna Vecino, like they do some great stuff. Like there's a lot of different resources out there. So for um, the coaching resources, you, you found a coach. Is there a specific group that you found or that you recommend? Well, I the coach that I work with, um, he's, the, he's through Deeper State Keto which deeper state keto is like a set is a program mm -hmm. um, that's like a, a keto cut. Um, but they also do coaching and that's with keto savage, Robert Sykes and, and crystal Sykes um, yeah. are also coach, you know, are also a part of the coaching that Jonathan, who's my coach is a part of. Um, and, and I work, you know, I work with, I work with him. So I'm, I'm a part of like, 
It's the coaching is based philosophically in the deeper what was put together is the deeper state keto program, but it grows from there and it varies. And like my my program doesn't look like I have people that are on like DSK asking me questions, and I'm like I don't know anything about your protocols sure. because I'm not a part of that program. Like I'm I'm with a DSK coach, and he, what we do is very personal to me. Like he he will make you know weekly modifications depending on how I'm responding to different levels of protein and different levels of fat and what I'm eating. And he'll if if I if he sees stalls in my weight or swings or things, he asks specifically, you know, what are you eating? What, what are you, what are your macronutrients? What are your micronutrients? Like what's, what exactly are you putting into your body? So we can try to look at what's going on. And I like that. I, I mean, it's become like a game to me, the tracking, like I was afraid of it at first. And now it's almost like a video game, like trying to make sure that my numbers add up and that I get my things figured out properly. And I look at, you know, how everything is. And I, I'm becoming very much in tune with how does sleep affect my weight and how does different amounts of water and like all of those, those kind of like mm -hmm. little, little bits of like sciencey stuff you can delve more Absolutely. into. Well, I have a feeling that we could talk all night and maybe we'll be able to have the opportunity to, to bring you back on sometime in the future and we can focus in on other things. Uh, today, we really wanted to get to know you, get to hear your story and get to, to share, share the message that you have. Uh, with uh, with our listeners and with the world because it's a message worth with hearing for sure. Uh, so normally we do like to highlight a uh, a post uh, or a, a topic from the week uh, from the from our Facebook group. Uh, let me go ahead and throw the plug in. If you haven't already joined the Facebook group, we would love for you to join us. You can easily get to it by going to theketomansclub.com. Theketomansclub.com leads you straight to our Facebook page and you can uh, apply to join. Uh, just a note, make sure that you fill out all three questions, please. Alberto, Jim, do you have any notable, notable topics, any, any uh, posts that really stuck out to you from this week? I'll let Alberto take the first one. Yeah, not so much a post, uh, but I mean, I mean, I've said it many times. My, my, who I'm going to call my good friend now, uh, John Oaks, the Mighty Oak. That's another fascinating individual. You guys would have the longest conversation ever. That guy's awesome. He had just texted me about uh, literally. This is the text message. He says, "Dude, I ran." The, he's playing softball, and I should probably give you a little context. <laughs> he he plays plays softball, so that he said, "I ran to second base without getting winded, and my heart was pumping." He's like, "I have no business." He's like, "A few years ago, I had no business even attempting that." Yeah, I mean, for that, that man, like I said before, and work ethic has no physique. You know, you, you guys, it, it takes effort. It, it's, it's hard, and it, I respect all of it. And I mean, just the fact that that guy, probably in a mid-softball game, took the time out just to say, this is what I did. Dude, I find that absolutely amazing. Well, and even acknowledging, hey, wait, this just happened. How in the world did that just happen? We've all we've all probably had moments like that. Alberto probably had that with his 5K this weekend. How in the world did he do that? Uh, those types of questions probably pass all of our heads every now and again. But if we're not cognizant of it, if we don't think about it, if we don't put a uh, a land a landmark in our in our minds about that, then we can easily forget the things that we've accomplished, and then we start getting down on ourselves. So that's important to have those those landmarks to look back and say, "Hey, wow!" Uh, one of those landmarks that Mike does fairly regularly is he pulls out some of those old uh, pants that look like they could fit five of them now. Uh, that's 
the, the, those are huge. That those things are huge. Um, the other post that I think I'll, I'll mention uh, that stuck out to me that started a little bit of conversation today, but more than anything, I think started people thinking was an article about uh, mental health and how it's just as important, if not more so, than uh, physical health, and that men need to work harder at trying to, to talk about it and trying to be more open about it, at least with themselves, because we're men, we want to be macho, we want to be tough, and we don't have problems. And I think that's an important reminder that was that was given. So uh, Jim, I think that was you that posted that, but thank you for that. That was a good reminder. That's, yeah, it was something I just happened to stumble upon and thought it was a good short read and um, away we go. And actually tying in with that, uh, there was somebody who commented, Shane, uh, Shane B, who I don't know that well through the group just yet, um, but he wrote, um, he'd struggled with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, gr- drug and alcohol addiction, had been on a variety of meds, mm-hmm. um, all kinds of stuff. Um, he's now sober. He's on zero medicine. Uh, he's 60 pounds lighter. Um, he found um, religion, which um, I am all for whatever works for anybody and everybody. Um, but he just, I mean, you, you could just tell by the, the sentences that he wrote um, how good he feels both mentally and physically. And he credited a lot to keto, but also to, you know, like I said, finding religion, good family, a variety of things. And so um, whatever it takes for you to be successful in this uh, way of eating, but also this life, um, you know, if it's something that can be beneficial to you and is a good thing, then build on it, take it, run with it and make it your own. Find, find the glass half full as often as you can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and share our contact information all the way around uh, for the podcast. If you'd like to email us with any questions or comments that you might have, you can go, you can email us at keto man's club podcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram is at keto man's club podcast. So feel free to uh, follow us there and uh, we will start to uh, post things very soon because uh, uh, around this time of us recording, our first episode is going to be going live. So we'll, we'll start being a little bit more uh, public about our uh, getting the word out on all of that. So exciting times for us. We kind of wanted to preload a little bit. So we made sure that we had lots of content uh, to be able to keep the ball rolling. And uh, then to get in contact with me regarding keto stuff, you can probably most easily do that on Instagram. I'm at duckman, D-U-C-K-M-A-N, keto on Instagram. Uh, And so that's how you would get in contact with me or as with all of us, all four of us in this case, uh, it would be, uh, we're we're all in the group, we're all active. And so you can uh, can post something, tag us, we'll uh, we'll be there probably in a couple minutes uh, and we'll uh, we'd love to, to chat with you in whatever form that takes. Uh, so we're, we're definitely available in the Facebook group. Uh, uh, Jim, uh, I know you've got an Instagram, Alberto, you too. Uh, go ahead and give those out real quick, and then we'll get Mike to, to plug his stuff. 
Mine is a very simple Jim Inman JR. Um, you'll find dog photos as well as other stuff as well. Um, but um, probably the easiest is through Facebook and through the Keto Man's Club. Um, we've got closing in on 2,500 members now. We keep growing every day. So tag one of us, myself, Chris, uh, Alberto, whomever, and we'll get you fixed up for sure. Yes, sir. I'm on Instagram, which uh, I'm not incredibly active on. And it is at Capital Painter. And that is a combination of fascinating automotive refinishing facts and working out stuff. That doesn't compel you. I don't know what will. Uh, <laughs> probably the better place to get a hold of me is also on the Aikido Man's Club or send me a message, tag me in a, and, and, you know, if you got any questions or anything, just tag me there. And like I said, it won't take long for one of us to, to, to find you to, to answer what you got and rock on. Absolutely. Okay. So Mike, uh, tag your, your stuff as best as you can. Uh, where can people connect with you, learn more, uh, all that? Sure, sure. Uh, well, obviously, like you said, I'm I'm in the Keto Man's group um, on Facebook, and for me, I live I live I live on Instagram. Uh, I I literally sometimes feel like I live on Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, I'm Gourmy G O R M Y Gourmy underscore goes underscore Keto Gourmy goes Keto. Um, I am there. I get my DMs. I respond. So, like, more than happy if people want to follow me or or send a message. Um, I get I usually get right back to people. And I've just recently joined Twitter, um, and that's at Gourmet Goes Keto, no underscores or anything, just Gourmet Goes Keto on Twitter. Very cool. Well, thank you again, Mike, for joining us. You have an incredible story, and uh, we look forward to digging more into other aspects with you at some point in the future. I'm sure that there's more uh, that we could break down and more things that you bring to the table that can be encouraging and educational for our uh, our folks. So we look forward to speaking with you again in the future here on the podcast. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. We will see you probably every day on the Facebook group, and that's awesome. So so definitely uh, keep doing what you're doing. So uh, for the rest of you, we will talk with y'all next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Would you help us spread the word about the Keto Man's Club by sharing with your friends and family? We're available on all podcast platforms, so just search for Keto Man's Club and you'll find us. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. Our web address leads to our Facebook group, theketomansclub.com. That's T H E. K-E-T-O-M-A-N-S-C-L-U-B.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week.